live and streaming now. So let's get started. Om Magyana Timinandasya Gyananjana Sharakaya Jakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito Gurai Pushpavanto Chitra Sando Tamaroro Vandeham Shri Ramakrishna Avaya Charnasago Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subalapayo Vansha Kapatarubiascha Kripa Sindubievacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavebio Namonamaha Okay, nice to have you all joining. Um, thank you to those who will join us through the record. Um, we're continuing our discussion of Prahlad's simple-hearted devotion. This will be our last class. Um, we'll focus on his one-pointedness, his exclusive, unalloyed uh, devotion as a uh, kind of a quality of simplicity um, and how this from this a lot of the other the other qualities that we've studied are kind of bear fruit from this one are given life empowered through this um, but first we'll do just a brief recap of last week on um, Prahlad's compassion as an element of his uh, simple-heartedness. So we talked briefly how Maya, um, uh, Prahlad describes how Maya creates a sense of duality, a sense of friends and enemies, um, and how one's limited um, in the world and one's interactions uh, through this type of vision and, and how to transcend this is through uh, pleasing Krishna through directly through pleasing Krishna, coming in touch with Krishna as the kind of the underlying consciousness that connects all jivas, one's able to transcend this sense of duality and feel an intimate connection, a love, a compassion with all other um, living beings and how showing mercy to other jivas pleases Krishna. So in this way, we see it's cyclical through pleasing Krishna, we're given a vision, um, a connectedness, which allows us, enables us to sh share mercy with others. And then through sharing mercy with other jivas, Krishna is very pleased by that. So cyclically, we kind of grow in that and those expressions become higher and higher. Um, we talked about not the importance not to neglect one's own sadhana, um, in pursuit of showing mercy or compassion to others because really deep connection to Krishna, um, inner connection is the source of one's compassion. Uh, really compassion flows out through that. Um, so we really need both these, this kind of deep connection to Krishna and then how Bhaktivinoda described um, 
Lord Krishna Nam Jiva Doi, show compassion to other living beings, always chant the name of Krishna. So these two kind of go hand in hand. And we talked about how Prahlad um, not only forgave Hiranyakashipu's aparads, um, his offenses to Prahlad, um, and very grave offenses, <laughs> trying to kill him repeatedly. Um, but not only forgave that, but really, truly wanted to bless him with bhakti. Uh, we talk about how Vaishnavs and their soft-heartedness, their simplicity are, are really oceans of mercy. And so we offered a prayer uh, to Prahlad, um, also the Vaishnavs, Sri Guru. Uh, please forgive me for any offenses I've committed at the lotus feet of the Vaishnavs. And please soften my heart so that I may be merciful with those who are harsh or inconsiderate in their dealings with me. So that was a brief recap of last week um, on compassion. And here we proceed into the final uh, quality. There's unlimited qualities that can express, that are expressions of simplicity. Um, Two other that came to mind, um, stood out in Prahlad's character, but that we didn't have time to explore were humility and gratefulness. Um, so maybe some other class we can explore those, but uh, today we're gonna focus on one-pointedness, um, his exclusive uh, devotion and how this is truly the, um, the, uh, the fountain from which all these other qualities that we've explored, um, his detachment, his not wasting time, his compassion, um, how these kind of flow out of his one-pointed uh, devotion to Krishna. So we'll start with a verse in which Narad um, is describing to Yudhisthira. That's kind of the setup of this whole Leela. Narad is describing to Yudhisthira the, the story of Prahlad. And in that, in kind of his introduction, he says, this is uh, 4.30. Um, <clears throat> he said, uh, the verse goes, Tasya Daitya Pate Putras, Chatvara Paramad Bhuta, Prarado Bun Mahams Tesham, Guner Mahad Upasaka. Hiranyakasipu had four wonderful, well qualified sons, of whom the one named Prahlad was the best. Indeed, Prahlad was a reservoir of all transcendental qualities because he was an unalloyed devotee of the personality of Godhead. Um, so I chose this verse because Prabhupada has a very interesting purport and it's kind of one that um, I was planning to dive into anyways, but nice to see that uh, Prabhupada has also quoted it in connection. Um, he brings us to 518.12 in his purport. Um, he refers us to that. 
And that verse is, um, it's a pretty famous verse. It's Yasyatsti Bhaktir Bhagavata Akinshana Sarvergunas Tatra Samasate Sura Harav Abhaktasya Kuto Mahadguna Manoratenasati Davato Bahi. And the verse is translated as all the demigods and their exalted qualities, such as religion, knowledge, and renunciation, become manifest on the body of one who has developed unalloyed devotion for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vasudev. On the other hand, a person devoid of devotional service and engaged in material activities has no good qualities. Even if he is adept at the practice of mystic yoga or the honest endeavor of maintaining his family and relatives, he must be driven by his own mental speculations and must engage in the service of the Lord's external energy. How can there be any good qualities in such a man? So <laughs> it's a little bit harsh, but it's also very sweet and very beautiful. Um, if seen in the right context, it kind of expresses the uh, the bias, um, Krishna's bias towards his transcendental bias towards his devotees, um, which transcends material good and bad uh, biases. Um, so it's it's a transcendental sweetness um, depicted in this verse. Um, so what it's basically saying is that uh, sattvic qualities, um, qualities like detachment, like we've been exploring in this class, detachment, not wasting time, compassion, uh, one-pointedness, focus. Um, these qualities are kind of like a, like a feast. It's like a big feast that you've prepared with <laughs> no one to serve it to. Um, so they're nice, but what's the point? Who are they for? Uh, what's their deeper meaning? What's, what's their reach? What's their depth? Um, um, they're kind of just stationary um, without, without that service uh, to Krishna, without being employed in the service to Krishna. Um, and so in that sense, this verse describing how um, a Vaishnava naturally has all good qualities because all those qualities are, are properly utilized. Um, those qualities are submissively and humbly offered, um, whole, wholesale offered um, along with oneself because uh, they're expressions of oneself uh, over to Krishna. Um, Whereas one who kind of keeps it more for themselves, um, they're not, they don't have the same sweetness, um, the same beauty, the same height um, and connection to Krishna. So in one sense, you could say sattvic qualities in and of themselves are useless. But it's also said that sattvic a sattvic nature, sattvic qualities are conducive 
um, are useful in that they kind of set the stage. Um, they allow bhakti to be um, shared easier. Um, it's easier for someone who is a, of a sattvic disposition to kind of receive um, and grow the seed of bhakti than one who is uh, more covered by tamasic and rajasic qualities. Uh, bhakti will have to do more cleansing of those first um, before it can really grow. Um, and also one of a sattvic nature will naturally be more receptive um, to bhakti. Uh, so in that sense, you could say uh, they're useful <laughs> even, but only in their potential <laughs> uh, with bhakti. And actually their full potential is that they're no longer sattvic. Um, when bhakti is fully ingressed, um, infused in the heart of a jiva, these qualities of detachment, um, compassion, not wasting time, uh, humility, tolerance, um, gratefulness, these qualities are no longer sattvic uh, when they're expressions of bhakti, they're expressions of the nirguna, the swoop shakti. Um, and in that sense, they become very, very beautiful. And that's why this verse here is stating, um, devotee has all good qualities. <laughs> every, every single one of them is infused uh, with the swoop shakti. So, um, they're all very sweet and they're all very pleasing uh, to Sri Krishna. So um, with that in mind, Prahlad's, which we'll be exploring in this class, Prahlad's exclusive devotion, uh, his one-pointed uh, desire to serve Krishna, please Krishna, that beautifies all his other qualities. Um, that makes all his other qualities uh, very sweet, very beautiful. And that's why we've been meditating on them. That's why we've been trying to um, identify with them, learn how to cultivate them in our own lives and so forth. Um, so I guess we should explore Prahlad's uh, one-pointed devotion, um, Vic's, uh, unalloyed devotion. So um, in the seventh chapter of the seventh canto, Prahlad is well, actually the sixth chapter and the seventh chapter he's been teaching the school students um, what's the goal of life and, and how he personally came to attain it um, through the mercy of Narad in the womb and so forth. Um, and at the very end of the seventh chapter, the very last verse, this is kind of the, the conclusion of Prahlad's longest uh, discourse on sadhana and, uh, and sadhya. And at the last verse, he says, Etavan eva lokesmin pumsa svarta parasmita ekanta bhaktir govinde 
Yat Sarvatra Tad Ikshanam. And the translation is, in this material world, to render service to the lotus feet of Govinda, the cause of all causes, and to see him everywhere is the only goal of life. This much alone is the ultimate goal of life, as explained by all the revealed scriptures. So that's a nice verse. Um, he describes the goal of life as ikanta bhakti, um, which means unalloyed. Ikanta means, Prabhupada translates, unalloyed bhakti, devotional service. Um, so unalloyed would mean not encumbered um, by desires um, for karma or gyan, or to think that one's bhakti is dependent on actions uh, of karma or actions of, of knowledge, knowledge and so forth, uh, gyan. Um, this, this, um, this orientation, uh, this connection to Sri Krishna is the real goal of life, uh, the only goal of life. Um, so it's interesting that in this verse, um, Pallad says Govinda, <laughs> um, which of course is a, a name most connected to Krishna, uh, Krishna and Vrindavan. Um, Go means cows, Vinda means uh, gives pleasure. Uh, so he who gives pleasure gives bliss uh, to, the, to the cows. Go also means senses. Uh, so he who gives pleasure, bliss to the, the senses of his devotee. Um, so we could question, okay, why, <laughs> why is Prahlad playing to Govinda? Um, I thought uh, Hiranyakashipu was his Ishtadev. Um, but it's often described how, uh, no, actually Sri Krishna is the Ishtadev um, of Prahlad. He is the deity uh, that Prahlad is worshiping, um, Govinda. Um, and that Krishna manifests himself as Nishingha, um, uh to pr protect Prahlad, um, to kind of corresponding, you know, um, with Hiranyakashipu's uh, prayer to Brahma and or yes for this boon, that boon. Um, so Krishna will go to very, very extreme uh, lengths very extreme ends um, will put himself in such a such a position, uh, dress of himself up in such a way uh, as to protect his devotee, um, as to reciprocate with the unalloyed, the akanta bhakti that Prahlad is describing here. So in this verse, Prahlad first describes ekanta um, bhakti. Um, which means service, um, and then goes on to describe sarvatra tad ikshanam, everywhere seeing Krishna, um, sees, sees Krishna everywhere and his service everywhere. So it's notable that um, 
in describing the ultimate goal of life, Prahlad is first emphasizing service. Um, so the goal is not just to see Krishna, um, but to relate to him, um, uh, to connect deeply with him in a loving exchange and how that's um, the natural dynamic of that between servant and deity is um, through devotional service, uh, through loving service. Um, so to approach him in that way, one's able to see him everywhere. Um, it's not that one sees Krishna everywhere and then serves him. It's not that you wait to see Krishna until you serve him. Or you wait to, sorry, you wait to see Krishna before you serve him. Um, but it's actually through service that you're given vision um, and the depth, the encompassing nature of your service will have a corresponding relationship to the depth and all encompassing nature of your vision um, of Sri Krishna. So if you're able to see service everywhere, you'll naturally see Krishna everywhere. Um, and as Pilar mentions here, the name used is Govinda. So Govinda means giving pleasure to the senses. So if one's seeing Krishna everywhere, that means one's experienced the bliss, the pleasure. Um, I've seen Krishna everywhere. And we, we read this in the beginning descriptions of Prahlad, which we talked about in the um, first or second class, I think the second class. Um, and how Prahlad was uh, always embraced by Krishna, um, always dancing, crying, uh, trembling in ecstasy, uh, or stunned, silent. Um, so these kind of manifestations of bliss or correspondence to his ability to see Krishna everywhere, corresponding to his, as we talked about service, his ability to see service and feel inspired and dedicated to that service. Uh, that came to him. Um, so in this verse, in describing the only goal, the real interest, uh, Prahlad uses the word sva arta. Arta means value and sva means real, um, uh, full. And so, um, Um, artas are that which we intrinsically feel are meaningful, uh, purposeful, um, should be done, and will satisfy ourselves, um, will bring satisfaction. Um, so as sadhakas, we may currently have anartas, uh, which means like false values. So we may have a conception of certain values of things that won't give us full satisfaction, but we still feel like we have to do them. Um, we intrinsically feel they have to be done. Um, there's meaning, there's purpose. Uh, there's joy in them. And really there, there, there isn't a full expression uh, It's temporary and limited based on like a small, a small uh, dharmic 
maybe consideration or even uh, comma, like a small um, uh, pleasure, um, sensual pleasure and so forth. Um, and so Prahlad here mentions with that in mind, I think, um, Smrita. Um, and so he brings in the revealed scriptures um, to kind of back his statement here. Uh, he says, this is explained by all the revealed scriptures. Um, in case the, <laughs> the students don't believe him, don't believe his word. Um, uh, he says, no, no, this isn't just my opinion. Um, all the saints, the sages, the revelation that's come to us through, uh, through Sabdabhaman, through Vyas and um, through the sound of God, um, it's all uh, um, corresponding with what I'm expressing, uh, that this unalloyed devotion, uh, devotional service and vision of Sri Krishna is the real goal of life. And, um, and so we have these two, we have um, book Bhagavat, person Bhagavat. Um, so Prahlad of course has been exemplifying this throughout the whole Leela. That's, that's why the students are listening to him in the first place. He's created a teachable moment um, through his actions, through his example, through his absorption um, and corresponding compassion. Um, so they've been taken by that. And so they've asked him, what, what are you about? And how'd you become like this? <laughs> um, so we have person Bhagavad and we have the book Bhagavad. So Prahlad is referencing the book Bhagavad that corresponds with those. Um, and those two things will together give us slowly, uh, help us imbibe a real sense of artha. Svarta, um, real, real sense of value um, in devotional service and correspondingly a, a decreasing um, sense of value, uh, purpose in um, things separate from that. Um, other things connected to that will still find value and so forth, but things that are independent of that goal of a kantavakti will no longer find value or purpose. And so the question comes up, okay, <laughs> well, if we have some anarchas, how do we go from anarchas to svarta? How do we go from false values to, to real value? And so in the sixth chapter, so, um, so this is the end of his discourse. And this, where I'm going back to now, is the beginning um, of his discourse. This is the second verse, uh, sixth chapter, seventh canto, where Prahlad is speaking to the students. And he says, um, he says, Yatahi Parushasyeha Vishnu Paropasa Panam. Yad Esha Sarva Bhutanam Priya Atmeshvara Suhi. Translation is one should perform bhakti by the methods which allow one to surrender 
to the lotus feet of the Lord. Since the Lord is a dear lover, a son, Brahman, the master and the friend of all beings. So I thought this was a nice verse um, in that he emphasizes, this is Vishwanath's translation, um, where Vishwanath emphasizes, brings us out of Prahlad's words. He says that one should perform those angas of bhakti that promote surrender. Um, and so, of course, there's the famous um, um, nine verses of uh, um, sorry, one sec, I lost it. Uh, the famous nine verses of Prahlad, or sorry, nine angas that Prahlad gives of uh, bhakti um, when he's asked by Hiranyakashipu, uh, what, have, what have you learned from your teachers? Um, and so Prahlad naturally in his uh, Vaishnav mind and heart, he thinks, well, my teacher's Narad. <laughs> I mean, Hiranyakashipu is asking about his school teachers, but Prahlad's mind just immediately goes to Narad. Oh, he's my teacher. Um, and so he responds by saying, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnusmanam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Bandam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. Itipumsarita, Vishna, Bhakti, Chenava, Lakshana, Kriyeta, Bhagavat, Ada, Tan, Manye, Ditam, Uttamam. So Prahlad says, hearing and chanting about the transcendental holy name, form, qualities, paraphernalia, and pastimes of Lord Vishnu, remembering them, serving the lotus feet of the Lord, offering the Lord respectful worship with 16 types of paraphernalia, offering prayers to the Lord, becoming his servant, considering the Lord one's best friend, and surrendering everything unto him. These nine processes are accepted as pure devotional service. One who has dedicated his life to the service of Krishna through these nine methods should be understood to be the most learned person for he has acquired complete knowledge. So um, these, these are the nine angas that, uh, that promote surrender. Um, these are the ways in which one will come to learn, realize, imbibe um, a sense of the real goal of life is to um, what will really uh, bring meaning, purpose, beauty, satisfaction to my life will be service, um, exclusive service to Sri Krishna in a corresponding relationship um, uh, connected to that. And so these nine angas of, of sadhana bhakti are, are the way that Prahlad's um, saying we should, we should uh, develop that, that sense. Um, of these nine angas, uh, one or two may 
be especially attractive to one. Um, someone may be especially attracted to deity seva. Um, someone may be especially attracted to um, reading and remembering the pastimes um, of Krishna. One may be especially attracted to um, serving Sri Guru, um, active service and, uh, and so forth. Hearing, one may, be, one may like to hear from the Vaishnavas and so forth. Um, and so Prahlad's saying, one should perform those methods which promote surrender. So if one's feeling a special attraction to a certain anga or, or two, um, one should give uh, deference uh, to that anga and prioritize that anga bhakti in one's life because that will, because it's coming to one in that way, it will promote surrender uh, that much more. We should uh, really follow our taste um, if we're finding inspiration taste in a certain direction, um, we should go with it. We should, we should uh, use that momentum um, and try to receive the blessings of that um, and try and draw as much. <laughs> if, if mercy is coming in a certain direction, we should give all attention to that. Um, that said, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have time to find it, but so someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Jiva Goswami uh, describes that um, all the angas, although all the angas of bhakti can give perfection, um, it must be in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, that he's commenting on Rupa Goswami's. He said, although it's true, um, they should all be accompanied by Srinam, by Kirtan, um, and by extension, Japa. And um, because as described in the age of Kali, um, Harinam, 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 Eva Kevalam. It's, it's the only way um, in the age of Kali. Uh, so although all these Angas are fully powerful um, to promote surrender, promote a true sense of, of value, um, in connection to bhakti, um, this chanting um, and by extension japa of Srinam will fuel, fuel all of that, um, will give special um, power, uh, special mercy um, to all those angas of bhakti so that they can fully, uh, fully bear fruit. Um, Gumaj would often describe how um, before going out and distributing books, he would chant before the deities. And he would just chant until he, <laughs> until he was fully, um, un until, um, I mean, he describes until he was inspired. Um, he would chant his japa before the deities until he was fully moved and inspired to share for that to overflow um, and share that uh, and talk about that with others and so forth. So it's, it's through Sri Nam that uh, all these other angas of bhakti can, 
can really bear their full fruit. But, but as mentioned before, you know, if you are feeling a certain attraction uh, to certain angas, definitely give give special attention to that. Um, um, so that's that's how Prahlad's saying we can we can promote surrender. We can promote um, this exclusive one pointedness. Uh, it's kind of sim simple-hearted uh, directness, um, tunnel vision, <laughs> you might say, uh, for pleasing Sri Krishna. Where um, Gumar's describes everything else just becomes like music, like just background uh, <laughs> music and uh, service to Sri Krishna. That's that's that comes in the foreground. And other things may go on, but it's all all orbiting around this. Um, and the results of this uh, ekanta bhakti, this exclusive unalloyed devotion that uh, Prahlad teaches and exemplifies so nicely, is that we can approach Sri Krishna fearlessly. Um, and provides such a beautiful example of this. Uh, we turn to the ninth chapter of the seventh canto. So this is right after um, Nishingha has just obliterated <laughs> Yuranyakasipu and is garlanding himself <laughs> with the uh, intestines of Hiranyakashipu. Um, we can see what he thinks of Vaishnava opera. Um, but uh, first, after that, all the demigods come forth and offer um, pretty elaborate uh, prayers um, of submission and reverence and so forth. Uh, but we see Hiranyakashi, or sorry, uh, Nishingha is still. Uh, he's still pretty riled up <laughs> these prayers. I mean, it's just one after another, after another, um, have just not, have not been able to appease him. Um, is still very angry. Um, and so the demigods, uh, are all afraid to approach him. Uh, Narad Muni is describing, uh, this is text one. He says the demigods headed by Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and other great demigods dared not come forward before the Lord, who at that time was extremely angry. Um, so we can think of anger as a way to like, almost like apply pressure to a situation. Um, and it said like, you know, under pressure, one's real, um, one's real kind of inner heart may come out. Um, and so we see sometimes Guru and Krishna uh, may put pressure, um, maybe through anger or maybe through some other way, um, maybe through silence. <laughs> uh, they may put pressure. Uh, Gumaj often talks about how Prabhupada used to just do his eyes uh, he said that most devotees couldn't maintain eye contact with Prabhupada. 
just because his eyes were of such an intensity, um, they couldn't. <laughs> um, but uh, Rumaj felt uh, such mercy behind that intensity. He he was um, he found himself uh, attracted to um, and able to. Uh, maintain, maintain in a mood of service that, that eye contact. And so this, this pressure, these different ways of putting pressure on the sadhaka um, may bring other things to the surface if they're there. Um, and that's useful because then it allows us to, to see where we're, where shortcomings are essentially, where we still need to grow. Um, where sincerity or um, non-exclusiveness, um, kind of independent desires may still be, still be lurking in the heart. Um, so in this example, when, um, when uh, Nershingha, through his anger, is just like, <laughs> the whole situation is just like, uh, just pressurized, <laughs> like in a vacuum. It's like, I mean, just imagine uh, the anger, the intensity of Nishinga's anger. Um, and in the presence of that, the demigods, because of their other desires, because they lack unalloyed devotion and still have desires for karma and gyan and so forth, they can't approach him. Um, that pressure is too much. Uh, they just can't um, muster up the fearlessness that um, unalloyed devotion brings out in one. Uh, the text two even goes as far to say that the goddess of fortune, Lakshmi, was requested to go before the Lord by all the demigods present, but because of fear could not do so. Oh, sorry by all the demigods present who because of fear could not do so. That's being the demigods. But even she had never seen such a wonderful and extraordinary form of the Lord and thus she could not approach him. Um, so, <laughs> so this is an interesting verse because Lakshmi of course does have exclusive devotion uh, to the feet of Narayan. Um, she is certainly an Ekanta Bhakta. Uh, Bhaktin. Um, but Vishwana says that um, although Lakshmi is pure hearted, uh, Lila Shakti, so Yoga Maya, is caused this sense in her that she'd never seen this form of Nishingha and therefore um, unable to approach and appease him. Um, so Yoga Maya is doing this, Vishwanath says, to, to create a sense of astonishment, um, adbhuta rasa. Um, it kind of creates a, uh, essentially to glorify Prahlad that much more. Um, so Yoga Maya through, um, or Lakshmi, through the facility, facilitation of Yoga Maya uh, is astonished so that she can't uh, approach Nishingha, 
so that Prahlad's glory, his fearlessness, um, his exclusive, uh, pure-hearted devotion can shine that much more. Um, and so uh, we read on, um, Prahlad doesn't uh, go forth um, uh, on his own, I guess, in his, his own humility. Um, he doesn't approach Nishringa, but Brahma requests him. Um, he said, my dear son, Lord Nishringhadev is extremely angry at your demonic father. Please go forward and appease the Lord. And so on this request, Narad says, although the exalted devotee Prahlad Maharaj was only a little boy, he accepted Lord Brahma's words. He gradually proceeded toward Lord Nishringhadev and fell down to offer his respectful obeisances with folded hands. When Lord Nishingadev saw the small boy Prahlad Maharaj prostrated at the soles of his lotus feet, he became most ecstatic in affection toward his devotee. Raising Prahlad, the Lord placed his lotus hand upon the boy's head because his hand is always ready to create fearlessness in all of his devotees. So, um, describes how although he was a small child, um, small in stature, small in strength, small in um, kind of external uh, position, um, he, was, he was kind of single purpose in his mind, um, very, very focused, exclusive in what his desire intention was. So I think this is a beautiful example of how we really don't need a lot of facility, um, a lot of uh, money, a lot of strength, a lot of um, intelligence, all these kind of um, um, ways to create um, a sense of enlargement. Um, but really, if we can just uh, hone what we have, um, if we can just orient properly that what we have, it's not that we need to add on a bunch of things, but what we have, if we can just give that, um, if we can just be one pointed and resolute in that, um, the, the veracity, the intensity, uh, the sweetness of that will outpower, outshine, um, all other larger and um, more uh, um, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, yeah, I can't think. <laughs> all, all other larger uh, forms of uh, power and so forth. This is really the power, the strength of the devotee is their, their exclusiveness, um, their single desire to serve Sri Krishna. That's where, that's where all their fearlessness um, and their uh, strength to, to do service comes from. Um, all Prahlad does is initially, I mean, he goes on to offer many beautiful prayers uh, 
But initially, all he does is just pay obeisances. Um, and <laughs> it's just this simple act, uh, but with a pure heart, with simple-hearted intentions, that Nishingadev is, is fully appeased. Um, Nishingadev was uh, totally consumed in anger. And just to see this, so much affection uh, came to him that um, he just totally forgets about his anger, and <laughs> and he he um, he's he focuses in return. It's kind of a reciprocal um, because Prahlad's uh, approaching him with exclusive devotion. Nursing um, is going to respond with exclusive attention. Um, Again, that tunnel vision. Um, there's other demigods. <laughs> Hiranyakashipu is still there, dead, lying on the floor. But all of a sudden, Nishringha has tunnel vision. Uh, all of a sudden, he's focused solely in uh, on his devotee, his dear devotee, and and places his hand um, on his head um, in in great affection. And so. Um, we don't, yeah, again, you know, just this emphasis that it's not about the intellect, the philosophical and artful nature of our prayers, um, but really the, the pure, sincere heart behind all of it that will um, get the attention um, of Sri Krishna. And so simple offering with a pure heart is... Um, is what we see exemplified here by Prahlad and what we see able to appease and pacify. Um, and, and give bliss, give pleasure, uh, which is, which is the uh, Krishna's Kaviraj describes. Kama means to please the senses. Prem means to please the senses of Sri Krishna. Uh, so this is what we're seeking. We're seeking to give pleasure to Sri Krishna. And so how that's done, exemplified here through Prahlad, is through this simple-hearted, uh, exclusive approach um, of service. Um, so um, yeah, I think that's a, um, a nice way to understand how um, it's it's through this exclusiveness, through this exclusive devotion, um, that all these other beautiful qualities of Prahlad are coming out, um, and how this simplicity of heart um, is a manifestation um, of his simple and, and sweet connection to Sri Krishna. So that's pretty much all I have today on um, one-pointedness of Prahlad. I have a couple concluding words though that I'd like to share just kind of to sum up um, uh, the classes so far in which we've been exploring how it is that bhakti is rendered. Um, most fully through a simple, through a simple heart. 
Um, and some thoughts, just like to look back on what we've explored, um, is that how the simplicity of bhakti is not an intellectual affair. Um, I mean, it can be intellectual, it cannot be, but it's not, that's not the sim simplicity of it, but it is a deep and sacrificial affair uh, in its detachment. Um, so it's not necessarily through the intellect, you know, we use our intellect in detachment, um, but it's not through the intellect that we, we find detachment, but it's through deep introspection and, and sacrifice. Um, as we sacrifice ourselves in service and, and introspect in connection to that service, that we are able to cultivate detachment um, and the simplicity in our lives and sadhana that that affords. Um, the simplicity of bhakti is not strenuous, but it is steady and artful in its proper utility of time. Um, so sometimes the idea of not wasting time can be like, uh, <laughs> like almost like very kind of effort-based. Um, you have to like struggle and try really, really hard. And there's effort, no doubt, um, but it's more in, I think, steadiness, um, finding kind of steady inspiration and, and being artful, being dynamic, in knowing ourselves and um, knowing what we need and, and what moves us and so forth to find ways to use our time uh, properly for bhakti. Um, the simplicity of bhakti is not complex, but it is all encompassing and connective in its compassion for all living beings. Um, so it's, this, this inner connection, this deep connection that we find through bhakti um, and all of the beings is, is a very simple, direct um, kind of oneness um, that we were talking about, the beta beta. And so this kind of underlying oneness that we feel with other living beings um, and our compassion for them um, and how that connects us, that interconnectedness. Uh, of the environment and, and how we're able to correspondingly see that as a friendly, conducive place for our bhakti. Um, and the simplicity of bhakti is not fanatical, but it is focused and exclusive in its one-pointed, unalloyed desire to please Krishna. So, <laughs> um, of course, <laughs> I'm sure we all have experience with uh, seeing um, fanatical expressions of religion. But we should be able to distinguish that from focused and exclusive um, and unalloyed. So one, one may be so absorbed and focused in that they may not have time. Uh, they may not have mental space for other, um, other things. It's not that they're being fanatical, but, but really just connecting with um, their deepest artha, their deepest value, uh, deepest goal of life. And they may have, may be able to develop some kind of tunnel vision, <laughs> which we've been talking about today. Um, 
where um, the, the picture um, of Sri Krishna and, and his service are able to come into view. Um, and correspondingly, other things are able to, 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 to fade out um, of one's view, one's vision. And so, um, yeah, these are kind of hmm, ways to think about simplicity and, and, uh, and how to cultivate those, those different elements in one's life um, in connection to uh, this current class um, on one-pointedness. I, I had an interesting dream last night. Um, uh, I hope it's okay to share. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was visited by a very advanced and venerable Vaishnavi in our sangha, Vrindaranya um, Dasi. As in the dream, I was at Odaria, and and she expressed uh, to me some uh, disappointment in my own personal. A lack of exclusiveness and one-pointedness in my sadhana. Um, she said that although it is nice to take inspiration, I'm kind of generalizing her words, uh, the feeling I got, but I, what I took from her, she said, although it's nice to take inspiration from other sanghas, other spiritual paths, and even other people of the world, don't spend too much time and mental focus doing so. If you do, that which is absolute will start to become relative in your mind. Our goal is very specific and it will only get more specific. Hone in on that. There is no limit of learning and revelation there. So, yeah, I, I felt like that was a helpful message to me. Um, um, you know, we can take inspiration from others and so forth, but, but there's such an ocean. Um, <laughs> there's such a depth and an ocean to, to dive into um, in our path and specifically our connection um, to our path with Shiguru, Shiguru and so forth. And to, um, to, to find some exclusive taste in that exclusiveness is, um, I think will help us kind of hone in on the specific specificity of, of what we're trying to attain and trying to orient ourselves towards. And so I felt blessed to receive that kind of personal message for myself. I just wanted to share that if maybe others will take inspiration in their own way from that too. I, I don't think it necessarily is a universal thing for everyone, but I felt like something given to me um, and maybe others too. Um, so with that in mind, I think we can offer one last prayer to Prahlad, um, asking for his blessings that we, um, as we try to cultivate simplicity in our minds, hearts and actions um, through meditating on the qualities of simple Vaishnavas and trying to imbibe that in our own selves. May we do that for the sole purpose of deepening 
our love and service to Gopal Krishna. So that's all for today. Thank you for joining. Um, so I appreciate you guys all tuning in for um, any classes <laughs> uh, this series. It's been an interesting series for me, my first time kind of giving a series of classes. So big learning experience. So thanks for your, your patience with me. Um, but if you guys have any questions or thoughts, comments and so forth, you're, you're welcome to share them now. Thank you very much for your series. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for sh sharing your dream about Rindaranya. That was inspirational. Hmm. Yeah, it came at a very, very opportune timing for me too. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Okay, well, I guess we can end there. Thank you again to Ananga Manjari for translating um, into Spanish. And thank you for everyone who's joined and, and given support through your time. So again, Vanchakapa the Rubius Chakrupasin the Vieva Chakrupasin